Hi, I'm Kristen Gentili, your host of Mom Powered. I'm a wife, a mom, and a pre- and postnatal fitness trainer. With a background in family and child studies and psychology and a love of stories, I'm armed with the ability to dig deep, to pull out the story that is in all of us, that allows for connection. Mom Powered is a place for mamas to discuss their journey to becoming a mom, from pregnancy and birth to postpartum. Each woman deserves an outlet to tell their story because it is theirs. Unique, sometimes trauma and hardship filled, but that sweet baby makes it always worth it in the end. I hope to help show other women that they're not alone and while no journey is perfect, it is beautiful. As you listen to each woman speak, my wish is that it empowers more of you to listen to your gut in pregnancy, make choices for yourself in labor and delivery, look for support in postpartum, and always advocate for yourself and baby throughout the entire journey. Hi, and welcome to episode four of Mom Powered. On this week's episode, I chat with Cindy Ray, teacher, future row house trainer, and mom of two. We dive deep into the differences between her first birth with an OB and doula and her second birth with midwives. Listen in as she shares both birth stories and how one was filled with trauma and the other was filled with the strength she knew she had within her all along. She recommends taking the time those nine to ten months of pregnancy to research what might be best for you and your family. Most midwives take transfers well into the third trimester, and she wants to remind you that you need to remember that you are capable of anything. While your own story might be different, if you relate to anything that she said, feel free to follow her and chat more with her about her journey on Instagram at filthyfit underscore clean beauty. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> that didn't take too long at all. <laughs> I am so sorry. Hi, girlfriend. Uh, it happens. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you. So glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. I'm so proud of you. This is amazing. Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, um, you know, like you, just trying to juggle all the things and uh, be a good mom, be a good person, take care of myself, be a wife, you know, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we get into it, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, how many kids you have. Sure. Um, so I'm Cindy Ray, and I'm a native Floridian, but I had a little um, drive-by in New Jersey where I absolutely fell in love with the Garden State, um, and that's how I met Kristen. I know she mentioned that at the beginning of the video. Um, she was one of the coaches at the all-women's gym I was at, and we quickly became friends. Um, it's probably been I did not work out in high school. I, I People always are like, how have you worked out your whole life? And I'm like, no, I haven't. I actually didn't find, like, real fitness until, um, like, my mid-20s, like 26, I think is when I started CrossFit. Um, and I fell in love with it. 
then I had two knee injuries, then I moved, um, you know, didn't have like a gym that I loved, uh, got married, and I have two kids, Emerson just turned four, um, she's my little, uh, my little mini me for sure, and then Eric is um, my 20 month old who is proving to be, um, I'm going to be nice because I love him, but let's just say he got suspended. I didn't tell you this. He got suspended from school yesterday. Um, so, yeah, um, just for the day, just for the day. But um, my children are very different from each other, which is really funny because they're we're so different, too. So it's just crazy because when you started at the gym, Emerson was, what, his age, no? Or a little, even younger than that. No, she was little. No, she was, um, what, we we opened the gym in January 2018. Uh, so she was, like, uh, 10 months old. 10 months old when I started at the gym. That's so wild. I know. It is crazy. It's really crazy. So she grew. So, yeah. So Emerson, like, grew up in the gym with us, yeah. with Kristen. Like, she, I mean, obviously, like, from the get-go, we weren't, like, besties, but, um. Yeah, we always had, that was one of the best parts about our gym, um, and is one of the best parts about FA for her. I mean, I don't know what everything is like with COVID, but um, it was just so mom-friendly, and um, it was nice to build, like, a tribe, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, while you were pregnant with Emerson, tell me a little bit about that. How was your pregnancy? Like, how did you go about choosing your OBGYN and that experience? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I just feel like we are raised, like, our generation has just been raised with, like, doctors, 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 and when you're sick, you go to the doctor, um, when you tear your ACL, you have to go to the doctor, um, you're gonna have to have surgery, um, so many things are just geared to that, um, but I have a couple really good girlfriends in my sorority, um, that actually had used midwives, so my husband wasn't like totally sold on the idea um but I read like um Ina May's book and I was just kind of just exploring what that even looked like if I was even like open to that um and what we ended up doing is we chose a regular OBGYN but we actually took our newborn or like baby prepared class at um the midwives of New Jersey so um they have a five-week class there it's way more intense than just going to the hospital. I think it was like four, is it like four hours? I think it was like four hours or something. And what was great is that you didn't have to be going to the practice. I mean, we had to pay out of pocket. Um, but what we learned was it, like we would have never known any of that if we hadn't been there. Um, and that's actually how I met my doula. Uh, she was our coach um, and she was the leader of the class. So, you know, five weeks, four hours, it's like you're there till like, in New Jersey, it's dark when you get there, it's dark, you know, it's dark, um, so we just, like, became good friends with her, I mean, I can talk to a brick wall, so, uh, basically by week five, I was like, hey, can you, would you be our doula, like, is that a conflict of interest, and she's like, no, not at all, uh, and she had worked with regular providers before, um, but not in New Jersey hospitals, because she was based out of Pennsylvania, so, that's something that's also what's really interesting to me too is how practices because where we live in New Jersey is so close to New York and Pennsylvania is that practices and doulas and midwifery is practiced so differently within those in the tri-state area um but she was open to it and then I obviously told my provider 
Um, like, hey, I hired a doula. Like, hey, I really would like to do this natural. And I wouldn't say that she was the most supportive of that, like, thought process. Um, and you don't know what it's going to – you really don't know what it's like. And so I think she was trying to be practical, but I'm, like, super emotional too. Um, and she just was kind of like, well, I don't think you can say – that you don't want an epidural until you're in the moment. And I was like, okay, but I don't. And right. I just really want you to respect that. And I think that's why we ultimately chose to go with the doula, is that we respect medicine, and mm-hmm. we respect the integrity of doctors and what they're supposed to do. Right. But they're also on, like, a time clock. Like, they want to get in, they want to get out. Um, and we didn't know all the things, so the doula was our advocate.
have to deliver that baby within 24 hours, right? Time starts, yeah. Yeah, so that's when it starts clicking. So it was kind of like, okay, Sydney, you've been doing this since 6 a.m. You're nine centimeters. We're so close. Yes, I think it's a good idea to break your water. I think you're right with that feeling, you know, just to validate you as well. And so with everything you said, decided to go with all midwives. What was, like, the reasoning behind Yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of twisting my husband's arm um, because, unfortunately, um, like, you know, Emerson had sort of a rough entrance um, into the world, and she ended up being in the NICU, and it was nothing, in hindsight, um, when I talked to the midwives and when they became my practitioners for Eric, um, the more we talked and unpacked the situation because there's some trauma there and there's some like unresolved um, nobody knew why she stopped breathing like there was never there's not been anything residual since then like she's perfectly healthy all the growth whatever um but they said that um what actually sorry i'll back up a little bit my placenta which this is like one of this was a huge contributing factor for me my doctor was ready to leave and she basically was like yanking my placenta out, which is a normal practice. Um, instead of letting your placenta birth itself within the 30 minutes after you delivered. Um, and she ended up um, leaving a lot of my placenta behind. So I was going to have CNC. So there was a lot of focus on me and what was happening to my afterbirth and, and making sure that there was no blood clots and that. And I was obviously, they put Emerson to my breast and we were trying that. And my doula was there, but taking pictures. My doula was also very interested in what my doctor was doing to my placenta. Um, so it, they think like a lot of focus was taken away from Emerson and I'm very large chested. And so, you know, they think maybe like she just, her face wasn't up, her nose wasn't up. Nobody was watching her. So maybe, like, she was, like, smothered a little bit, which was a little more traumatizing, to be quite honest. Um, but that's, like, a big, like, uh, that's, like, just, like, kind of, like, my public service announcement now is you are, uh, you and your baby are important, and someone should be watching the baby and also watching mom. Um, so I think that's why, in hindsight, we went with the midwives, because we knew that it would be more gentle. We knew there'd be more people. We knew there we'd be in the hospital. We did compromise on being in the hospital and not the birth center. Um, I don't know. I have two dogs, so at home just did not sound fun to me at all. Um, so yeah, I wasn't going to be birthing at home with Bruiser and Paige. If anybody here knows them, you know that that is not who you want in your life. Right. That was um, our compromise too. Sal was like, "You can choose the midwives, but you're giving birth in a hospital." <laughs> yeah. And after everything with Emerson, and regardless of, I mean, no one's at fault. I'm not at fault. My school is not at fault. My provider is not at fault. Um, I still definitely felt more comfortable in the hospital, if not just for, like, the aftercare. Like, I know you and, and Sal and, and Les had a different experience because of COVID. Um, but, like, I would always say, like, stay at least for the 24, 36 hours because of all the freebies and all of the taking care of. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, it was the day before.
we did all that too. Oh, I'm glad you got that. I didn't realize you guys still got the massage and the, the photo. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um. So I guess that was just really it. I think my I just my bedside manner of my provider. I mean, she's not. She has children of her own. Um, a small practice in town and well known and very nice and likable. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted something a little bit more gentler, where I felt like they were really in tune with me and Chris, <laughs> and that we didn't need like the doula. Like it just feels like a doula your second time mm-hmm. feels a little excessive when you've already gone through it and you already know. Um, so this, I think, was a better a better compromise for us. I also like the less invasive, um, like, there's no pressure for all the testing beforehand, and it is presented as an option instead of, like, a must. Like, I feel like when you're in a regular provider's office, it's like, okay, here are the blood work things that you have to do before you get to 11 weeks, and you have to make these decisions before 12 weeks. Um, And if you don't do this, then you have to sign this paper, and it's almost like, feels bad to sign the paper because you don't want the nasal translucency test. And it's like, but I don't want that. I'm right. okay because I'm not going to do anything with what I learned at, at 11 weeks with that. Um, so everything I think is presented differently, which I knew, but I guess I wouldn't, I didn't know that they were still off, like that they would still offer it. So I'm glad that they was still offered, but in the optional way with like zero judgment. Um, and the other thing I like about the midwives is that, um, you got to meet everybody and I know your experience was different with that too, because you were going to both offices, right? You were going to Madison and Hackstown at the time. Um, that's crazy to me. Uh, I mean, I hated driving to Hackstown, but, um, but they still made an effort. I think I met everybody and I think you did too, but I think, I feel like more people were far along, like that were like by themselves. Where are you? Hi. Hi, beautiful. (laughs) Um, So actually one, um, somebody wanted to know if you felt more heard from your midwives, like if if, if they listened to you more than your OBGYN. Yeah. 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 I I definitely do. Um, And because we were already more aligned on what I wanted, Mm -hmm. because they're especially the second time, it's like you really do know, like you already did this once, but you know you can do it without um, an epidural. And th- and please, don't get me wrong, if you want an epidural, they're going to give you an epidural. If you don't want to get in the tub, they're not going to make you get in the tub. Um, and that's what I think I mean by like, you still are given the options, and they present things to you, and then you can decide, but it feels less judgmental and less sterile to, to an extent, you know? And my, I mean, the second time, like, and I can't wait till this happens to you, but it goes so much quicker. Um, I actually, I was, I went into labor, like, four hours after my due date. Like, I was due on the 11th with Emerson, and I delivered on the 12th. Um, But with Eric, I was nine days late. So, um, that was really, that was really stressful. I definitely had, like, false labor, like, twice. They say, which I did not 
to that extent have that with Emerson. Um, and I was so excited because, you know, I really wanted Roxy, like, so bad. And both times that I went into labor, it was Roxy. And I was like, oh, this is meant to be. I'm so excited. And then I remember the, fir- the first night I went into labor, and she's like, okay, just get in the tub. Like, relax. You sound really stressed out. Get in the tub. Literally, as soon as I climbed in the tub, like, contractions stopped. It was, like, that piece I needed. Yeah. Um, or maybe that was the second time. Because then I remember waking up, like, that was, like, at 6 a.m. It stopped, and I slept all day. Like, literally did not move from the couch. And then I think I went into labor the next night. Um, well, they tell, was, what? they tell you to rest. As soon as you feel something, they're like, go lay down. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, we didn't. I think like after that time, I was like, okay, we're just ordering out. Like we're ordering out. Like everybody's on call. Um, like because then I was getting nervous. Like I was at ten days. Um, yeah, I didn't want to have to drink. I I didn't. I was starting to really get stressed out about interventions at that point. Um, but I went into labor at five, and I delivered him at twelve thirty. So I was in labor for like, seven hours, like, the actual time. So, um, I didn't get, you can commiserate with this, too. They were filling the tub up for me as I arrived, and didn't get to go in. Um, you know, the, you know what, the thing that I love is that it's always, like, how many centimeters is she? How many centimeters is she? And I have no, like, I said the thing about the nine the first time and breaking my bag. I had no idea how far along I was a second time ever. They never like said, really? yeah, no, never told me. Um, all they said was, can you push? And I said, I could have pushed coming over the mountain on 15. So yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I like that about them too. It's not all about because just because you're at nine and a half, doesn't mean you can't push. You know what I mean? Like, you get to a certain point for a reason, but it's not all about the magic 10. It's about how does your body feel and where's your baby at. Um, and they help you to feel, like, in tune with that, where with a regular provider, I feel like it was so cut and dry. Like, okay, well, when you get to nine and a half, then we can start pushing. Or, oh, you're 10. Are you ready to push? And it's like, I guess. I don't know. Am I? Sure. Let's go. Um, they look, yeah, I was definitely disappointed I didn't get in the tub either. But they listen, they like, let, make sure that you're listening to your body, I feel like. A lot more like, you have to go and do this, boom, 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 like, every person is not the same. Every not at all. And uh, something that I do want to say about that is, um, this is really funny, actually, and this is a really good comparison about my OBGYN and the midwives is that neither one of them love giving episiotomies. Our particular practice that we went to, Kristen and I, they're not big on episiotomies. And my OBGYN wasn't either. She would rather you tear naturally. She doesn't want you to. But both times I had episiotomies with my children. I did not know that. Yeah. I, yeah. So um, literally when my OBGYN snipped me, Emerson literally flew out. She had like a scratch on her nose from like hitting the table. Um, it was it was funny. And then literally that's what ha- like I was I did so much better pushing the second time because I like 
I understood a little bit more about it. Um, but they were like, Cindy, if we just like just a little bit, they're like, we think it's just going to help. And I was like, cool. Like it already happened, you know, so whatever. Um, and then let others. It wasn't advancing past that point. And they were like, listen, like you can either chair naturally and we'll use the vacuum on her head or we can give you an anesthesiologist. And I was like, cut me, cut me, don't touch her. Yeah, don't touch her. Exactly. Same. It just worked. But you're right. Like that second time, I'm sure you knew how to push better. Even that first time, like I was pushing wrong in the beginning. And then when I like changed it up, the nurse like said something to me. I forgot exactly what, but like she was like, push way. And I was like, oh my God, I was pushing wrong the entire time. So it's like the second time probably like just clicked. I don't know. And I think the second time I wasn't as tired either when I was ready to push because I had been up all day with Emerson, like since 6 a.m. plus a time change. And so I think the second time I had slept so much and then um, like five to midnight, like, come on, that was like a shift at the restaurant. Like that's nothing, you know? (laughs) So uh, someone else wanted to know, so with the midwife, what if your labor stalls? Who decides if, like, a C-section needs to be performed or, or whatnot? What happens, though? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're very I think they're very practical, and I think that they are just, goes back to what you said, not just in tune with you, because you do get to know each other. They take copious amounts of notes um, within their system, knowing about who you are, like, who you are, where you're coming from. Um, and I think that you can really tell, like, when the body is, like, this isn't happening. And so I think that our practice that we went to, I think they do exhaust the safe options and say, okay, here's your option. If you feel like you're up for this, let's try this. If this isn't going to work for you, you're tired, like, this isn't you giving in, um, we want your baby here, her side healthy, safe, we want you safe, we want you comfortable. Um, so again, I think it's still presented as an option. It doesn't make you feel like a failure. Um, there was a couple women in my um, in my mom and baby class that that ended up happening to. And I was glad to hear from them because I know even moms who have their third children or third child, sometimes they have to have C-sections. That's not just like first time moms that get that's people on their third and fourth babies that for whatever reason your body's like okay yeah we're not going to do this and you have to make that decision so I feel like they present everything to you they keep you safe and they really know where you're at so I would say it's a it's a it's a group decision you know What empowered you most while you were um, giving birth uh, unmedicated? Or, like, what positive affirmation did you use? What positive affirmation did you use, like, in your head or repeat in your head? Um, I'm, like, the first person to say that I cannot stand self-help. I cannot stand certain inspirational speakers with their quotes and, um, some of their, like, sales tactics, we'll, we'll say. Um, but it really was about telling 
on yourself. You know, like, why are you doing this? I'm doing this because I want to be present. I want to feel it all. I want to be in the moment. And I think that there's so much in life prior to having a baby and after having a baby that you're not present in anymore. And I felt like that was the one time that I was going to be able to say, I'm here, I'm unmedicated, I'm present. And I just kept saying that to myself, like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want my baby safe. I want my baby here. Um, I think I did ask for the epidural at one point and they were like, nah, girl, you're too far. And I was like, okay, good. Like, cause when they say like, you're too, like, we're, we're past that. It's like, okay, you don't have anywhere else to go, but like literally bear down and dig in. Yeah. <laughs> like she's coming. Like you're that close. When they say that that is happening. It's really funny. Cause I have a mom friend who had, um, two kids. The, the one who told me like about all of this um and then she had twins and she actually got the epidural with the twins because they just weren't sure um i'm not gonna tell her story obviously because i i wasn't there but she's like i mean i don't care like by the time you have your third kid you're like i've already done that so why am i going to like put myself through it but for me i feel like that's even more motivation like Thank you. 
Thank you so, so much for listening to Mom Powered and tuning in for another episode. I would be so grateful if you could share this with another mom who really needs to listen in. And of course, subscribe and leave a review so we could keep this going. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thanks.